welcome to Bundle Buddies, the podcast where we play indie games from itch.io and elsewhere. My name is Alex Honnick. And my name is Eric Taylor Roth. And our producer is Matthew Haddock. We were inspired to play through the itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality when it was launched in June 2020. It raised over $8 million for charitable causes. We now play through that bundle, other bundles, and other games that celebrate the spirit of indie gaming and social justice. This is episode 57. We have played 169 of the 3,451 games in our bundles, and we promised to play every last one of them. So get off our freaking case about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're working on it. What are we doing right now? We just did it. We just played a game. We just played 10 freaking games. <laughs> last last week, it was 159. Now it's 169 because we played 10 games for this episode. Oh, yeah. This is... um. This is uh this is a fun one. This is a strange one. This, this is, is a, a fun one. This is a little weird. We're we're this is the biggest departure from uh what we normally do that we've ever done. This is like the most hipster we've gotten with this podcast, I think. Oh, like in the idea that hipsters love sort of like <laughs> retro and like analog and out of Yeah, just like weird, stuff. you know, kind of out, out there off the beaten path goofy stuff nice i love it uh, <laughs> but it was fun i might you know maybe i'm i are hipsters do hipsters exist anymore i uh i hated that word when it was like kind of prescient and like relevant and now mm-hmm. i hate it even more because if anyone calls someone a hipster it's like you're get over i don't know it's just like <laughs> i don't think hipsters have been a thing since like at least 2013 you know what i mean Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think hipsters have been a thing since Jack Kerouac wrote "On the Road." Oh my God, he's out hipstering me with our <laughs> hipster competition. Yeah, I remember the hipsters back when they were called the Beatniks. Bro. <laughs> it's um, actually that's it's kind of a funny exercise to think like when did like that sort of indie rock hipster culture like officially die? Was it like? Which band playing Madison Square Garden did it? Because like the LCD Sound System concert in Madison Square Garden could be a time when it's like that's it, that was the end of it. Well, I think it, I think it, it, it ended when when uh, we ended. We the all war found in out about it. No, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> when we ended the war in Afghanistan, that's when it ended. That was it. That was the official. Like hipsters were unnecessary anymore. Joe Biden ending the war in Afghanistan uh, uh, completely. No more war there. No so. more war. <laughs> Um, well, anyway, let's, so so the reason this is an interesting episode is, uh, we don't have a guest. We are, uh, just playing some games, some really interesting games, um, from the Slovak Institute of Design in Bratislava. Um, we get into it a lot in the actual episode, so we'll just leave it for that. But it's basically like a bunch of. Uh, a museum, a design museum there uh, took a bunch of early uh, games that were made when um, Slovakia was part of uh, Czechoslovakia and was a Soviet satellite state and uh, translated them into English so they could be part of sort of the larger uh, discourse when we're talking about early video game technology. And, you didn't uh, see it, but I did a rock and roll hand gesture there. Oh, I just, nice. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was, I was sort of, I was kind of like uh, meandering a little bit there. Sorry about that. No, I was like, rock on, dude. I'm, I'm rock on, baby. You know, woo, um, booyah, grandpa. Okay, we're we're gonna get into <laughs> Remember it. That? This, yes, Remember I that? Remember that the other day, booyah, grandpa. 
uh, from the Crash Bandicoot uh, Crash Team commercial. Let's uh, we're going to get into it. It's super fun. These games are wild. You can get them. They're not in any of the bundles that we have, but you can just go download the emulator and play these games right now. You can play along with us on the podcast. Like you could be listening to the podcast and downloading these games and playing these games. And um, you probably I should. would really just go to our Twitter page and find the link for it because it's it's very long, but it's scd.sk-clanky-playable-english-localization. Hi, listener. Uh, sorry for the interruption. This is producer Matt here. Uh, just wanted to let you know that all of the links uh, to the games, to the emulator, to the uh, articles that sort of provide more of an in-depth look at the history of this project, they're all available on the episode description. So I recommend just going there, clicking on some links, and not typing in this extremely long URL. Okay, see you soon. Relations dash of dash Slovak dash digital dash games dash from dash the dash late dash 80s dash period backslash. I'm not making a rock and roll hand gesture right now. That was too much for me. Um, This week's cause is the Los Angeles Food Policy Council or the LAFPC. The Los Angeles Food Policy Council works to ensure food is healthy, affordable, fair, and sustainable for all. They believe that all communities deserve access to good food grown in a way that respects people and the planet. They work to create a local food system free from hunger, root in equity and access, supportive of farmers and food workers, and guided by principles of environmental stewardship and regeneration. To accomplish their vision of good food for all, they catalyze, coordinate, and connect people across the L.A. region, including government businesses and uh, community groups working on food. www.goodfoodla.org or at goodfoodla on Twitter. I looked for a while. I mean, that's a really wonderful cause. So uh, we've donated to them. Do not send proof to bundle buddies podcast at gmail.com. We'll shout you on the show. I tried to find a charity in Slovakia that um, we could donate to, but it, it was like hard to find like local Slovakian charities. You must like need to know people there um, to hmm. figure it out. But it was a lot of stuff that was run by the Catholic Church, and I ain't giving them any money. Hey, hey, must be the money if you want to donate to Slovakia. Go to Bratislava and stop by the Slovakian Design Museum. Oh, I do. I get so high. Hey, time for Bundle Buddies. Hey, guys. It's uh, it's the three of us. We got producer Matt back from behind the freaking mic. I'm back, baby. Matt Haddock. The Matt Hatter. Mad Matt Fury Road. <laughs> I like the man, all of these. the man who cuts all of my swears out of the episodes. Every these man, episodes, these episodes the myth, would be the four myth, hours yeah. long, littered with swears. <laughs> so I'm trying to make this for a you know a wider audience, and you keep putting things about uh, poo poo and. Uh, and and butthole it's crazy because the you know there still are swears in the episode and it's because there are so many swears that some of them have to make through matt can't stop them all well you know there's it's like gratuitous swears like poo poo pee pee and then there's like important swears like fuck (laughs) which really paint a picture i like uh, at a certain point i just stop hearing them it just all kind of melts into the into words i um 
I this I don't know if this is too much info, but but my wife and I are, are doing uh, couples counseling, which has been really really good. Um, and I swore <laughs> in front of our couples counselor the other day, <laughs> which I was like, wow, you know, I don't know, I you know, I like to paint with all the colors of my of my language, but that was definitely a like I said like fucking in front of you know just like oh like a fuck you know, I don't know. It's it's like that's, a, that's funny. A, I, a I new forget intimacy. because. You're such a rad dude. I forget sometimes how Midwestern you are. You know what I mean? Where it's like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I said a curse word in front of the authority figure. And, you know? Well, yeah. Mom, no, Mommy and I, Daddy didn't wipe my mouth out. with. They didn't steal Resident <laughs> Evil from me this time. Well, I talked about them cleaning my mouth out with soap. <laughs> Did you do that? Is that something that really happened? Yeah, my dad def- definitely cleaned my mouth oh out Oh, my God. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like a thing he was always really excited to do. Like his parents had did it to him, and then he was excited to pass it, passing along. that thing on. Yeah. You think yeah. if you have a child, you'll do it to them? No, no. It's like the it's like the spanking thing, right? Where like people are the just hesitation like, hesitation just... is wild there, though, Eric. Like, no, I don't think I will. Well, no. Like yeah. leaving it open a little bit. Uh, yeah yeah you're right i don't, this is a video game podcast it's not a like child rearing <laughs> podcast but you you probably shouldn't do some of the shitty things your parents did to you right like you should maybe not you should find new shitty things to do very to excited children. for my child to be pissed where they're like god sometimes he would just play video games all night when paying any attention to it. <laughs> it, it wasn't fair and that's like fucking them and, up now and i yeah. read it loud and clear i knew exactly what he meant when he was <laughs> ignoring me for he had a podcast he, he had a he had a podcast all about it about how bad he felt so that's how we communicate well, there's a yeah. uh, there, there's a netflix series where this it's like this japanese dad and his son who don't communicate at all they don't like see eye to eye they don't get each other and it's like very awkward and the dad retires and finally has like time that where he's not working anymore and gets into playing final fantasy online and his son's on there too, and so his son becomes friends with his dad uh, through through Final Fantasy, and they bond and have adventures together. But they don't know that, or his, the dad doesn't realize that he's bonding with his son in that moment, kind of a thing. This at is some a point. This is a show. It's a, it's a show you can go watch on Netflix right now. It's an actual Japanese show. I, is I it watched a fictional show. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that's the, that's the central. That's the narrative? conceit. Yes, is that the, they are bonding through Final Fantasy. Do they? What do they film? Do they show a lot of the game, or is it? Just... Yeah, they sh- they show a lot of them playing in the game. And then they're like, then they're like getting dinner and like ships passing through the night. And like... Yeah, exactly. He'll be like quiet or something like that, or he'll be in school talking to his friend about how he played with his dad last night or something like that. And the you know, but the kid also is kind of sad and I think pretty lonely. And so it really, I stopped watching after the first episode because it was too bizarre i couldn't really handle it you know <laughs> right yeah yeah there's just like a, sometimes there's a cultural gap that i just can't get over you know where it's like you you watch some movies and you're like man i really wish these people would just talk to each other but circumstances dictate and they can't but then there is the added like cultural circumstance barrier where it's like i don't know i, I think they should be talking to each other about something is but it's th- like and again my dad didn't wash out my mouth with soap so you know i had a <laughs> had a pretty good relationship by all accounts is it is it like a uh is it a hit there i mean we you've never heard of it 
<laughs> you know what I well, mean? Yeah, but I mean, but that's always a funny thing too, where like sometimes oh, people come sure, away sure. from like a show and they're like, I don't know, man, this stuff is not for me. But it's also like there are probably plenty of Japanese people coming away from that show just being like, I don't know, man, it's not for me. <laughs> like, yeah. is it a cultural thing or is it just like I don't know? This one might is just it, be a whiff. Is it just the art? It's a very yeah. good. It's a, it's a very good question, and one I don't have an answer for right now. But hopefully, <laughs> I I will. Yeah, that's oh. funny. You know, it's 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 weird. I I guess online games in particular, like uh, games, especially where you can have like a whole uh, like sort of different identity and be a different person. Like I don't know. I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of potential re- like resource there, right? Like there's a lot of if you like meet a like what is it like the the Black Mirror episode where the the friends or the like the people who would have been lovers if not for you know the 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 morals of their the mores of their time and then they're mm. allowed to go into the virtual reality thing and exercise their their true desires i don't, I don't I watch i don't watch all the black mirror things sometimes I, sometimes I like them too spooky no yeah, because like scared. for me i i watch them and i'm like so fucked up, but that's how I think the world should be, you know? Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. We're all walking around, but through the Black Mirror is where reality lives. It makes me too fucking sad. Whoa. Yeah, I wonder. Black Mirror, like, really hit a few years ago for me, <laughs> but I feel like it's... If I watched it now, would it just be completely, like, trite and... and there, there's that... There, there's, like, a tweet that, like, sort of nails Black Mirror, and I was never really able to watch it the same afterwards. Maybe I'll be able to find it at some point. Was it like, oh, what if you're... Wait, like, that's it? That's all you were going to say? There was a tweet? But you're not... <laughs> like... There was a tweet that nailed it so good. It was, it was so complicated and long. This movie, the, or the, the show on Netflix, is Final Fantasy fourteen colon Dad of Light. That's the name of it. Holy Dude. hell. That is... Is this about... Is this a, like... A father and son rekindle their bond through the online... Is it made by... Based on true story. Is it, like, a Final Fantasy... All right, cool. And I've got no more. You've got no answers for me. I've got, I've got no, no answers. Just more, I'm just, just going to watch questions. this. All right. I have, like, a, we I, have a, look, a, a homework I, assignment for the I have a topic. <laughs> I have a topic for your, you guys um, because of the games that we've got going on. And, and the topic is uh, text-based event adventures text based adventure <laughs> games do you guys remember the first time you encountered a text based adventure yeah i mean the one that strikes me i have a i have a personal story attached to this actually mm, uh, when great. i i was diagnosed with diabetes and i was 10 years old Favorite. and i went to the hospital and you know it was a traumatic experience but yeah your dad was... washed your mouth out with sugar yeah exactly <laughs> That's actually what gave me diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Still pretty. We've all got different parenting one. styles. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I had too bitter a mouth, and he tried yeah. to sweeten me up. <laughs> but the uh, my caustic yeah, I... son needs to be sweeter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what have I done? <laughs> um, but then I anyway, I went to the to the hospital. It was a scare. You have diabetes. I had to stay in the hospital for a few nights. And, uh, but what was awesome is what all these like people and adults who were like, you know, my parents, friends, and like my aunts and uncles, they would all come to the hospital. They all bring me gifts. And I got a ton of video games. And one of the games I got, like I got basically my friend's dad was like, Hey, what Game Boy Color game do you want? 
and I was like, are you, are you serious? And I like had my Nintendo Power, and the game that got the highest review that month was Shadowgate. Uh, I can't even remember what the the subtitle for it, but it was the Shadowgate game for game. It was a Shadowgate uh, port for Game Boy Color. Whoa! <laughs> and so you can imagine how like rudimentary it was, but it was a text-based game. It did have some graphics, you know, there were like static screens that you could move between, but it was very much so all about the reading and like using very basic commands. And was that a thing I, that I, you want? Like, were you like, oh, I wanted that? Or did you, were you just sort of like, I pointed to the highest reviewed game and I got fucked? I, I little bit, I feel like I got a little fucked because I thought, I assumed based on the screenshots that it was like a first person dungeon crawler. Uh, and then what it ended up being, Shadowgate Classics is what it was called, I remember. And it was um, just, you know, static images and text responses and like very clunky uh, controls. But I actually, I played a ton of it. I think I ended up really like loving it with those <laughs> games. It's weird because even in playing these, these recent games, and I know uh, even in playing these recent games, it's like, it's a different, it's such a different pace. Like it gives you a difference. You get a that's different. The cra- that's the biggest yeah. thing I think is just like, it, it's, it's really is this, this is uh, like the closest thing to time travel, you know, playing these sorts of things because <laughs> like it, it, um, these sort of text-based games, I feel like they like brush up against my modern like conditioning about what I want out of games so hard. Like I get like, actually impatient during like you, you know what i mean like yeah it's, yeah it's like and you have to transport yourself to like a different headspace where it's like oh back when these games were around back when text-based adventures were big like this like you were willing to put up with everything because you didn't like there was no alternative you've never played a game that actually handled like really well or was smooth or something like that so you weren't conditioned to feel like this is slow and boring and laborious you know it's just like this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. I can't believe it. You know um, what? Um, what? What's the plot of Shadowgate? Uh, man, I can't. You are. I believe you're like a prisoner in a fortress. I could be like totally wrong about this, but I think that you're like a prisoner in this like fortress, and you start out in sort of the catacombs of this giant castle, essentially, and you're just kind of exploring this castle and trying to like escape i think or like figure out what's going on it's like very gothic and very i do there are fantastical elements but i just really remember like a lot of stone walls <laughs> and like, <laughs> like like touch stone and like hoping that it was the one that would like open the, <laughs> open the wall um uh yeah how's about you guys did you guys play what what's your, what was your first experience with um a text-based game, adventure game. Um, I've talked a, a little bit about uh, in uh, when I was like, I must have been, I was pretty young, like maybe six or seven. And I think my grandma won a computer in a raffle or something at her church. Like the church was like getting rid of their old computer. And so we got that and and it came with like, just a it was just like a computer and then like whatever discs they had and so um it was like you know a handful of like good games and a handful of like real shitty games and um one of them was the hobbit the uh text-based adventure of the hobbit and i was like 
it was it felt similar to it felt like like early video games you had to have like a base kind of like knowledge right like you just sort of had to have some understanding of like what you were going to do so i couldn't get out of my house i think i was just the you know it was like the beginning of the hobbit you were like Bilbo Baggins and I was just like I don't know W and I was like you go west it's <laughs> like oh, okay <laughs> S like you can't go there I was like I just this is not this, <laughs> this is not what I want to be doing with my time as a six year old uh, so that was I find them yeah I I I think the like it it was this yeah this moment before being able to just like click on stuff right where it was mm-hmm. like they wanted to yeah give you i don't know what were text-based games ever like popular you know what i mean well i think it's like a question of like how much like pcs had kind of penetrated you know what i mean like by the time video games were really really huge i i feel like or at least by the time it became like popular culture, that was like when consoles started to come out, you know? Yeah. And so at that point, there's already like a sort of a graphical layer onto things that are kind of happening. I think there's still text-based adventures from from then, but like, you know, it, it, it quickly like got sort of shunted to the side, even though there were still people who were really into it for a long time. I mean, we've played a couple text-based adventures games in the bundle. Mm-hmm. You know, there there was the one that we played that's the, I mean, Twine as like a structure is like a really, really um, like flexible, cool uh, yeah. development tool to build text-based adventures and do those sorts of things. Um, and I mean, visual novels are really just text-based adventures too, if you think about it, with a visual component. You know, to make you feel a little romantic sure. and horny. Yeah, point. that's true. I mean, yeah. So, like, the, what there was that Twine game, uh, that like Scottish one, which yeah. I remember, which was pretty, which was pretty chill, right? You're, uh, you're like in an office, and then also in an adventure. No, you're like, oh yeah, you're like on an adventure, and then, but that's really just sort of like you trying to cope with your boring <laughs> day. <laughs> Well, it, you never really, it never really gets resolved. Like which one is, is which one is true? You know what I mean? Um, I guess like those goosebumps, um, choose your own adventures are sort of analog versions of text-based adventures. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's the same mechanic, right? You're just something happens. You have to, you know, actually turn the page, but your your decision in the moment like affects the story. And I think of like if you look back, like the, the the beginnings of video games, right? Like were these engineers essentially like who understood how to, you know, manipulate the code and create things with these like very archaic computers, and like they also liked, you know, Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons and and all of these like early fantasy things, and they liked Lord of the Rings, you know. I think the Hobbit game was like nineteen early eighties, right? Like I think when that thing first came out. My no my, my experience with text-based gaming is like a little weird so i when i was uh um like i think like between 10 and 12 we lived in japan for a few years um for my dad's job and it i went to a private school there you know because the my my dad's job was foot in the bill and so i went to like a nice american private school and they had tons of like computers and like great stuff And there's a computer lab where there was like 
one shitty computer in the corner that ran a BBS system. I think I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but BBS was basically like early sort of like internet, you know, and you could play these text-based games um, over like a local internet and pe pe different people could like sign into the thing, do like their adventure and they'd all be within the same world of this game. So there were two games that I played. There was Trade Wars and Legends of the Red Dragon or Lord. And you would get in there and basically like you could do so much shit. You could uh, romance women. You could like go beat up things in the forest. You would try to like get crazy weapons, all this stuff. Um, and you could play different classes, especially in like Lord. I remember if you were a thief, you could try and rob other players like who would. <laughs> and if you succeeded when they logged on later, they, they would be like, yo, you got robbed while you weren't on this thing. And they stole all your shit and all this stuff. And then you have a big target on your back. Um, and there was this kid who had like a really long undercut uh, in like, you know, 1999 when I was there, like 98. Um, and like hardcore music who had like the highest level thief in Lord who would just like fucking steal everyone's shit all the time and could romance whoever he wanted to and do all this fucking stuff. Um, so that was me dipping my toes into like text adventure stuff. Crazy. Uh, it was really fun. I, I keep I, I I don't think a lot of I, I think the experience was really meant for like, you know, 20 year olds in computer labs. That's what those were supposed to be. But for some reason, me at 12 had access to it, too. You know what I Wild. mean? Wild. This sounds awesome. I don't really understand what you're talking about. I feel but I feel like every anytime anyone described anything involving computers in the 90s, I would always just sort of be like, I don't really understand what you're talking about. So Lord is a text based online role playing game released in 1989 by Robbins Technologies. Lord is one of the best known door games and. Uh, BBS door, a door in a bulletin board system is an interface between the BBS software and an external application. So it's like, Oh good. That clarifies things for <laughs> me. So BBS would be like the community of people or like that would have access to like an app within that. Like the door is like the app. I think use. so. You know, I, I don't really know. I don't think <laughs> I started, I sort of said that hoping it would clear up some more stuff. And then I saw like there's a lot more text behind that and like who knows. I um I've got one more text-based game and then maybe let's get into these these games. What do you yeah. what do you think? Um the the best text-based game I ever played was basically all because of context. Uh at um in high school we got TI-83s uh like all of us got TI 83s when we, when we got there. Um, and some kids figured out how to download and then share a, a text-based video game where the point was to try to get as drunk as possible. And so it was just sort of like, I thought this was going to be drug wars. I was like, yes, we all know about drug wars, yeah, Eric. That's what I thought yeah. <laughs> what was drug wars? Maybe that's what, no, this was no, no. Drug wars is different, and then it was Mafia Wars on Facebook. They like renamed it. Oh, uh, all this was was just like, like you know, you are standing there. Well, do you want to drink a beer or a shot or? And I don't know, like, <laughs> and then like you could, you're like, it would give you your blood alcohol level, and you would try to get it as high as you could before you died. 
essentially. And but like I remember there were people who could like get their blood alcohol like just like people who like were shit at school, but their blood alcohol level was like a million percent or whatever. <laughs> like, I, these people I, like figured out how to game the drinking game on your TI eighty three. I think I found it. It's called uh, Beer Hunt. Beer Hunt! <laughs> <laughs> and then this is the description on this tikelk.org website. The, the is a really neat program where you try to get a 100% BAC. You can rob houses, start fights, host parties, <laughs> go to parties, and to beat the game, buy a brewery. The <laughs> there's a neat surprise. I love that idea of like the drunkest you can ever get. Is when you own a brewery, and then you have unlimited Dude. access to beer. <laughs> it's so much that, responsibility. This is what started the craft brewery trend. Like all the people were playing this game, they're like, "Man, I got to get so drunk." And yeah, it was <laughs> developed at Chico State, the 1970s, and the guy who created Sierra Nevada played that game and thought, "That's what I want to be." <laughs> yeah, um, released in the year 2000. So, oh, never go. mind. It would have had to be a little earlier, really. <laughs> I mean, maybe to kickstart the cap, uh, craft brewing uh, revolution. This week, we uh, kind of had a weird one for us. Uh, I was on Twitter a few, um, I think, months ago at this point, and someone posted this link that uh, it was from the Slovak um or rather, this like so Slovenian uh, center of design uh, in the the museum in Bratislava, you know, like one of those really nice, uh, like the MCA in uh, Chicago or something like that. And they have um, an article up that uh, is playable English localizations of Slovak digital games from the late '80s period. And there's a list of like ten to fifteen games that are all like early, early computer games from Czechoslovakia when they're like a Soviet satellite state that have been translated into English uh, as like a, as to be part of like the historical record. Um, and they're all text-based with like minimal graphics and they're all very like rough to play, but we decided you, to play them this week. Do you <laughs> have, will you, do you want to list the, the names of these games? Yes. The games have great names. Uh, they are Fucksoft, <laughs> F-U-K Soft from 1987 from. Uh, no, Funk Funksoft, right? Uh, it, I think maybe it's fuck no, soft? it's it's, it's Fucksoft, and I can talk about that. <laughs> I, I I learned about why it's called that. <laughs> yeah, uh, La Dame de Montserrat uh, from 1987, Ico, uh, an RG Soft game, Perfect Murder from 1987 by Ultrasoft. Pepsi Cola from 1987 by Miami Soft. Pretty cool name for a <laughs> Slovakian. The first, the first piece of vaporwave. <laughs> Super Discus uh, from 1987 by Sibla Soft. Uh, the Stig Four uh, from 1987 by Antox Software. Agent 99 from 1988 by Alcohol Soft. Pretty cool. Ooh. Perfect Murder Two. Uh, Buka Pow by 1988 by Ultrasoft. Uh, Satochin 1988 by Siblesoft and uh, Q and Two from 1989 by Comasoft. So, I think it's important actually to like, contextualize this a little bit because this is like from an era when Czechoslovakia was a, a Soviet satellite state. There wasn't really any kind of like personal computer production to speak of that was available to them there. Um, 
And because of copyright laws, uh, it was completely legal for them to basically pirate Western stuff, uh, or at least there would be no copyright claim from the West. Uh, whether or not it was legal based on the local government was a different kind of story. But like a lot of culture was whatever you could smuggle in from the West. Um, and so around that time, you know, they would pass around VHSs of movies, uh, like cassette tapes of software and floppies of software. Um, and around the time also, uh, people started to develop games. But because there wasn't really any kind of profit incentive for like adults to be making games. Like most of the people who made games were like kids. So <laughs> if you were really into like computer games in the like late eighties in Czechoslovakia, you were probably like a teenager who was just like fooling around with their friends, making these things on like personal computers that were imported from uh, the West or other parts of Europe, um, sort of early, probably pretty cheap ones. And that's what these games are. They have been translated um, pretty uh, laboriously by um, professionals uh, so that we can kind of recognize what they are in the lexicon. But I, like, it kind of blows my mind, as we were talking about earlier, if you think about like th the context in which these games were made, you're kind of communicating with like a teenager growing up in Czechoslovakia <laughs> in the late 80s, early 90s. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. This would have been like passed around. Like, It would have been the coolest fucking thing for you to like find or it's like, like beer receive. Yeah, exactly. Actually, this yeah. is beer. This is really beer. Is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that's what these games are before we start talking about them. Um, it's kind of unreal. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's, that's pretty tight. Um, how, how much, how much of these games or how many of these, did you guys play all of them? I, didn't I play all. Of them. I, I opened all of them. I opened and gave every one of the games a shot. Okay. Yeah, um, I going back. I, my patience like couldn't overcome a few of them. Yeah, oh, I'd yeah. say mo most of them. For yeah, me, most personally. of them. But there were a few that I think are awesome. Uh, but yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't beat all of them. But <laughs> I think no. the, the things that they all have in common is uh, incredibly. Um, I wouldn't even say underdeveloped because I'm sure at the time this was sort of like what you could do, but these are like so painful to play. Because <laughs> your text adventure, you know, your standard thing is like you're present, you're in front of a door. Can you can go right or left or take or use something. And there, there is, it gives you the full menu of options every time, no matter what it is, is in front of you. Yeah. A you lot know? of them, some of them do. Yeah. And so as a result, like, you know, you're not really sure what to ever do anywhere. Like, are you supposed yeah. to take things or use things? There's not really any indication of that stuff. And to be honest, like all of these, I think, to play well would take quite a bit of time. To just kind of patiently probe around them and like figure them out. And I'm not a teenager in Czechoslovakia. You know what I mean? Like, no. I yeah. It really does right. feel like it's like you're a mouse. Right. And somebody one of these days, one of these mice is going to make their way through this like maze of correct answers but there were so there were some i okay my my i had two favorites which were i don't how do you want to what's your your idea for how do you want to kind of just like go game by game i say like we can just talk about the ones that we really loved okay I mean, so i, I tried to soft, play all of them and just imagine that like anything we don't talk about is because it was just too hard. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so like the first note that I have is like Satochin. It, yeah. I just have it said you can go to hell, 
and I, that made me laugh. I don't I have no recollection of what happened in this, but I think like I probably immediately died uh, because I feel like my experience with a handful of these are just sort of like I immediately died and was just like, all right, cool. <laughs> Moving on. Sadichin was rad because that yeah. was that was the one that is you are a Soviet super soldier fighting Rambo in Vietnam. Like that's. <laughs> The part of the game and the game boots up with just the fucking USSR sickle and hammer and star yeah. like right in front of you. And you're like, damn, this kind of this kind of rules. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but apparently what's crazy about that, I didn't get very far in it, so I don't know what it is. But apparently that one was illegal because you couldn't talk about Rambo, you know? Whoa. So it's like you couldn't even like talk about that. So even if this is like the Soviet soldiers kicking Rambo's ass or trying to like. You, you can't like the, to bring them up. you weren't even allowed to bring him up, which Damn. is like kind of like, oh, hey, probably was pretty bad to, to be in that kind of repressive. Uh, yeah, Jesus. Forget yeah. about getting your, you know, have the government wash your mouth out with soap and then see how you feel. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Um, I then. OK, so then I got to Pepsi Cola, which I immediately got arrested. <laughs> Oh yeah, that happened to me too. <laughs> Pepsi Cola opens up and it, it like looks like it's so funny. What's really funny is like Satichin opens with like the hammer and sickle, and then Pepsi Cola opens up with like a like logo of Pepsi, and you're like, <laughs> as as an experience of like playing through these games, I'm looking at like two vastly different you know like nightmare scenarios <laughs> do you know the story of like the soviet union and pepsi no no pepsi uh is one of like the only or was maybe the only like national uh soda that was sold in the soviet union and they struck a deal where the communist country would provide the soft drink provider with three billion dollars worth of warships in exchange for because they couldn't trade like an actual money that was illegal back then oh man but for so for a second pepsi had like one of the biggest militaries in in the world <laughs> what and then they would uh, presumably they would sell those to the united states government or something like that something like that you yeah. know it was like something along those lines uh Whoa. it's a really cool crazy story uh you can search it on google and get like the full details much better than i could ever put it that but, is crazy it's interesting too because the Pepsi Soft is made by someone, or Pepsi Cola. That game is made by someone called Miami Soft. Um, <laughs> and in my head, it's like, what does this person in Czechoslovakia know about Miami? They got to be thinking like VHSs of Miami Vice or something like that. So for them, that's the inspiration for this game is Pepsi so Pepsi Soda Miami Vice. We're making like a fucking arresting murder game. <laughs> that's fucking I my. I'm my mind is blown. <laughs> There's all kinds of weird stuff within this too. Like not just that. Do you guys see? I don't even know if this was one of the games to play, but it was the Pedro and the Land of the Pyramids. Did you guys? No. I just saw it on the website, but it looks like the um, the art from it, or the like the little splash image from it. It looks like it's Clint Eastwood, but I, <laughs> it might just look like similar to him. But there's all kinds of like weird like American like cultural ephemera. That's like included, like, and you're wondering, you can imagine like as a teenager in a country, and this is just me guessing, but like, you've got to be so like, uh, tantalized by things from the United States, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's got to feel like, so like, oh wait, the authority figures in my life who I'm 
presume I imagine they're rebelling against them. I don't want to like assume anything culturally, but like in some in small in big and small ways, like you got to imagine like there's something like like a you know there's a there's the, the the taboo nature of American culture has got to be so interesting. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating because I think a lot of the what my head is like geared towards these days is like just because we have been like brought up in a society where, you know, the United States won there is the end of history. Like the cold war is over kind of a thing that I think view is like very prevalent of like, Oh, so much of it that the reason like the United States won was because of soft power and culture. And, you know, the people of the Soviet union really loved uh, American culture and stuff like that and culture from the West. And that was like our sort of like secret weapon. Um, But I'm kind of like, yeah, dude, but we don't really have the other side of that because they lost, and who fucking knows? But then you play something like this, you're like, oh, no, that was like, the, that was kind of the deal, it seems like, at least in the these uh, from these first-hand documents that we can actually look at. You know? Yeah, and then I yeah. think they probably also were like, ah, shit, maybe we shouldn't have given all those tanks to Pepsi. <laughs> we gave too many tanks to Pepsi. One of one of my <laughs> favorite things. That's what, what lost them the war. <laughs> they went to roll out like, the final right. tank. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit! Never mind. Everyone's just burping and drinking soda. Yeah. One of the one of the in in the Pepsi game that one I think had the best music too. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That one was like the music is a soundtrack from Trantor, which I am. Very curious. You big Trantor head. So this I'd is, love to track one down. Um, this, this so a fun thing that happened when I was playing Agent Ninety Nine, where uh, they wanted me to go destroy the host computer, and I got to bop around. This was the first game I think that I was in in this like mix where I was a- actually like able to do anything, and I was able to do something for like maybe five minutes. Um, <laughs> And and what was fun is inside of Agent 99, uh, I, I got to this part where you see these games ranked against one another. And it's the games that we are playing are ranked against one another. And it says Agent 99 is not high ranked high compared to other games like Funksoft, which is the best game. So in Agent 99, I learn that Funksoft is the best of these games. <laughs> and so that immediately made me go like, ah, fuck it. Well, let's try Funksoft. And Funksoft <laughs> is definitely the best of these games. Well, I will tell you, I know you, you're you really nicely trying to say it's Funksoft, but it's definitely Funksoft. Oh, my God. I... <laughs> I just I wrote Funksoft down because I was like it can't be Funksoft. <laughs> well, I did learn about that just really quickly, and this okay. is a comment off Kotaku, the a Kotaku article. Uh, someone asked, like, I get the feeling that the game produced by Fucksoft would not be for an all ages. Uh, once the ESRB got their mitts on it, haha. And then someone says it's quite innocent actually. Fucksoft is an homage to the work of one. Frantisek Fuka, Fuka, probably the best-known solo developer of Czech games for the ZX Spectrum. Mm. As was customary at the time, Fuka, Fuka, I'm guessing, released his games under a Western-sounding label, in this case, Fucksoft. He did not really realize at that time how English speakers would parse that. So it's based <laughs> off, it's an homage to a very, you know, uh, in, uh, uh, influential <laughs> game developer. <laughs> One of the things okay. I thought was so interesting was in the La Dame de Montsoreau one. It's uh, oh, kind yeah. of it, it's this guy. 
<laughs> the the preamble of that is super interesting and very long and it sort of felt almost like star wars a, a little bit because it kind of tells you like slowly it, it like gives you the entire plot of like le dame Montfort. yeah yeah so I, it's, I, a, I... it's a it's a french <laughs> a french story and like uh about like all these different characters and so it's breaking it all down to you it's like and this was translated in into english in 1819 or something like that and in czechoslovakia in 1979 or something like that you know that's how long this novel got changed like like the disparity in like translation times <laughs> is so strange but the way that crawl ends is the guy saying anyways the end of this book sucks so <laughs> here's what i would do is the ending of this book that would be so much better and then it is his attempt to retell the story of what to do and then, of course, it opens up where you're a servant in a house looking for a marriage contract, and it's basically like completely unplayable for my sort of sensibility and like taste. Uh, uh, but I love that of like the ending of this like classic French literature sucks. So I'm going to use my <laughs> fucking video game to retell the story the correct way that everyone wishes it had been told. <laughs> I really love. I really loved in that too the way they just broke the fourth wall too, and they're just like it wasn't even like pr pr prying to. Um, like pretend that they took it and made that like that it was part of the original story they're just like the creators of this game did not appreciate the original ending <laughs> thus created their own version of the story i really really appreciated that <laughs> i so i was reading that in one of these games um it might have been fucks off um which which is the one where i was able to like do stuff the longest right i got to wander around and in a house or whatever. And um, somebody at some point in one of these games name drops uh, Nahavika with Yaromir Nahavika, who's a, uh, a Slovak um, like folk singer. And so I started listening to some of this dude's stuff while I was playing these games, just get like a full immersive experience. And uh <laughs> This guy fucking rules. Really? <laughs> N-O-H-A-V-I-C-A. It was like funny because like it was like, you know, you're I was like a like gangster or something wandering around in um you know a fucking like hovel or whatever. And uh and like was like, ah oh, yeah, my buddy like still listens to like Nahavika, so he's pretty cool or <laughs> something like that. Um yeah, I don't like decent like you know, like kind of some like kind of slaps. <laughs> I mean, my and then, like, and then in in fucks off, uh, I died when gray matter sprayed out of my skull after cracking it. <laughs> well, th I think that's the way all that's these games <laughs> usually went. Is just like you you start playing and you start going either north, south, east, or west in these games, and then like you might take an object or two. And then you make the wrong turn and you die. And then you have to start. There's no take backs or saving or anything like that. You have to start back in the beginning, which is the thing. It's like, it's really not enjoyable to kind of have to start at the beginning every single time with such a completely not user-friendly, like um, difficult, laborious interface system for today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Can you imagine how frustrating it would be if you were like a Czechoslovakian teenager, you know, and it was Friday night and all your friends are there, you're sipping Pepsi or something like that. And you're trying to beat this game and you get like 
so close to the end after like two hours of like trying to figure it out then you die you know what i mean like the actual experience of like getting far in these games must be super frustrating i guess i mean you know i i'm sure that there were kids who just like had you know pieces of paper that were like make sure you do this make sure you at some point you get that like my because like the same could be true said of like mario right like what a you know like that experience of like actually playing and trying to beat you know mario is a a fairly like memorization heavy process right so like all of these games like the original ones right when there was yeah 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 Yeah, totally totally yeah i mean it's it's like the labor of playing a video game you know it's like it's it's getting like they try to make it easier and easier as time goes on to keep people in the game but back yeah, in the day, I, there was no sense of that. There's no sense of even design. There's no sense of even like, is this playable for somebody? I think it was just, it was more of like, I want yeah. to make a game. <laughs> I just want yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, it's like, are, what are you, what are you gonna do? Like, you're gonna go play Fucksoft? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the reality is, it's like you know, if it was illegal to possess these games, this it was a big fucking deal. You know, forget yeah. about like the days when. Uh, you know, you would get a game for uh, console for Christmas, and that was kind of what you played for six months. You know what I mean? This is like you got a floppy disk, and if you someone found it, you were going to fucking jail. Like that's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like your family, yeah. your father would lose his post at the local factory. Like there's like, yeah, it's crazy. These are like outlaw. These are illegal. This is this is the real shit. Fuck I our just, fucking I'm, you know stuff today. This is, I'm all about Fooksoft. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm seeing here the Francis. Uh, Francis uh, Fuca, he was 16 and he was obsessed with Indiana Jones. And because they'd show, I, I guess they would show a few capitalist films a year. And um, so he started making all of these like Indiana Jones sequels as video games just to like continue the story. Um, and then, yeah, he became a huge inspiration. And like all of these kids like started playing all these Fuca or these Francis Fuca games. And they were inspired and probably like enjoyed all of the, I don't know, the adventure imagery and things like that in them. I don't know. I think it's uh, it's very weird, and I want to learn more about this. <laughs> I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. There is a lot going on, Eric. I have to take um, uh, issue with your favorite, like what the best game is here in the in this bundle specifically. Because the best game is Perfect Murder. By it's a Perfect Murder. Far, no question. That that game is unbelievably cool, and that game kind of feels like a TI calculator game. Yeah. Because the first, the first, I mean, here's the thing: in all the other ones, it's a text-based adventure where you are really trying to you're going north, south, east, west. And this one, you basically, <laughs> it's like it's like uh, we're letting people take off their like terrible urges in this game, so they don't do it in real life. What does it say? Can I? I um I I took a screenshot of it because it's the most insane. I took several screenshots of this (laughs) game. It's the most teenager ass shit I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings, Matt. For sure, you've experienced a situation in which your hatred, envy, or thirst for revenge towards someone got so intense that it made you consider a dangerous idea, an idea to get rid of that person once and for all, to kill them. (laughs) And in the end, you always abandon that idea because of scruples, fear of punishment, or lack of experience. 
<laughs> that's gorgeous oh my so god funny. yes we have all imagined murder but if only our scruples fear of punishment and lack of experience didn't get in the way well so Dude, and that, so you you basically have to murder. write in the name of like the person you want to kill it's yeah, like yeah. In, their name and role and i wrote the president oh, <laughs> oh i wrote my boss and his name was Buttface. uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. So as as far as like pass or plays go on these games, Fucksoft is a play, and Perfect Murder is a play, and pretty much everything else I think is a pass. But Perfect Murder, uh, I, I'm a hard. Seems pretty cool too. Okay, I'm a hard play on Perfect Murder. Like you should, if you're listening to this, you should you should get this. Like download this emulator. It takes a second. Pop in Perfect Murder because it's such a like. This is such a silly fun relic <laughs> like well, like this is it's, it's so cool Sorry, yeah it's it's uh, like if you're talking about like having this experience of like you know portaling yourself to like 80s like cultural experience you know this is like this is the the most complete of an experience that you can have in the amount of time that your patience is going to permit inside of these things because it's well, just like yeah. there's this it's wild. This game is wild. There's this idea of, you know, that it's it's like one of those classic stoner thoughts of like reading a book is communicating with dead people. You know what I mean? Okay. Where it's like literally yeah. a dead person telling you a story if you read an old book, which is like, uh, you know, uh, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. And then if you start thinking about it, you're like, oh, whoa, that's crazy. You know? <laughs> but this, these games really feel like you're in dialogue with ki- like kids from Czechoslovakia in the eighties, you know, it's yeah. like, these yeah. cr- like this crazy kind of thing. Um, because did you they got, really, how did you guys it, murder it, somebody? Sorry, I, you, were, you had like an important thought and I just no, no, know. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm like, I'm driving at the end of the podcast and you're like, but by the way, did you guys use a silenced high power rifle? Because I didn't have enough <laughs> money left over from that to buy the tools I needed in a perfect did murder. Use, did you guys get caught? I got caught. Oh every yeah, time. I got caught every yeah. time. I couldn't figure it out. I mean, for, no, for, I for the listener, it. for the listener, the way the game works is, and it's not spoiling anything because it's really easy to play. But you, <laughs> you essentially choose someone to kill, and then you have a budget, and you can spend money on a weapon, on tools, on an alibi. There should be more alibis. I was yeah. There was only it was like I, I just chose wife, mistress. I don't know. Yeah. What you <laughs> and then you chose a location, like basically. I imagine everything goes into some kind of algorithm and everything has a certain degree of value. And as long as you obtain a certain amount of value with your choices, then you, the murder is successful. But what I actually, one thing I really liked about this game is that it put you through, you, you, you commit the murder and it's like, good job. You killed the person. (laughs) Yeah. Like, is is it possible to not kill the person? Did you ever run into a situation where you didn't kill? No, you're always, always committing that murder. But then the police, it says, it says, Murder complete is what it yeah. says when you do it. <laughs> I got another screenshot here that was so funny. Press a key to become a killer. Press a key. <laughs> Just like, so like okay. Um, but yeah, no, I I really liked the sort of like the the drama. It's almost it felt like a cutscene unfolding that I had created. And I I honestly felt like a sense of like ownership and autonomy over it. I I like maybe like some accidental like really good design in this game like i yeah. maybe on maybe on purpose i thought it was like a really 
cool. I like want to show this game to people. Well, I love the idea too of like there's two levels to it because it's like the first is like the you know the police are investigating you, you've been arrested, and then the next is like you're on trial. Yeah, you've been convicted, and then <laughs> you are sentenced to death, and they yeah. hang you. Yeah, and the way they hang ass. you is just like a little hangman thing with a line that comes down and like a circle representing a noose, and then it's like, do you want to play again? Yes, no. <laughs> like beneath the noose, it shows you that. It's like, oh my god, this is so fucking good. so cool, dude. It's perfect. So good. I guess the game, uh, what is it called? It's called a uh, Buka Pow, I guess. Uh-huh. That one's supposedly the sequel to a perfect murder. Um, ah. but it, as I imagine, a, a it has none of the charm of the original. <laughs> no, it's, it doesn't, it's just like it's just the second game made by that person. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like a completely oh, different it. thing. Just the follow. But like, I love that. They're like, this person making this game is like giving themselves a little bit of, uh, of prestige and being like the follow up to a perfect murder, which probably, you know, a hundred people played at the time. <laughs> you know, I just think it's, it's awesome. It's like, in a way it's like itch, itchio. It really is. Yeah. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so it, it, let's think about like, uh, you know, are you a pass or play on these games? You know what I mean? Like, I like I, I feel like there's kind of two levels to this personally, because I am certainly a pass on the actual experience of like <laughs> how much fun it is to play these games. Like, I can't in good consciousness recommend that you like pick it up and like just pick this up and be like, this is a fun way to spend a night. But as like a piece of of like cultural ephemera and history to interact with. I like strongly recommend it. Like this is so strange. Like I, yeah. Brain beamed into your head like this. I think I, I, what's, I think dirtle around for a second to realize how bad some of these are. And then, and then dive into fucks off because fucks off. Like you can actually move around. You're going to wander around. And, and like the writing is like legit funny. It like feels like 16 year old, uh, you know, like radical, like, you know, I go upstairs and I pick up a brick, you know, and it's like somebody's graffitied on this wall. I don't know why I ended up getting my head splattered. And then like perfect murder is like a legit, like you gotta, you gotta check this thing out. It's so goofy. Um, that's my that's my pass or play like it's pass on everything else play fucks off play for perfect murder <laughs> yeah, what yeah. About I, you, Matt? I feel the same way about like the actual play experience but i think this was a really interesting exercise because for the first time i feel like i was sort of playing a game to get more context it was like a part of understanding a very specific historical moments and like in a very like niche moment of like a lot of different sort of threads of history sort of uh i don't know uh like inter- interacting with each other and mm-hmm. like i i'm gonna share like when we release this episode in the description just a link to a bunch of these articles that provide way more context than that than we can they they're really-, really really worth reading it makes the whole experience really cool yeah and so like these are just part of the these are some of the primary sources you know these are things that like you can look at you can get your hands on these things and the emulator allows you to really like t- like like alex said you're like time travel like you're there's no fast forwarding <laughs> you're experiencing these things at the same I don't know, with like an emulated technology that replicates the experience. And yeah, I don't know. It gives 
it's it's something I want to see more of. And I mm. uh, I think like it would be cool if somebody released like a version of this that was more. I don't know, like almost provided like commentary tracks and commentary. And like the people who put this game together, like this whole project together and translated it, I would love if they, I don't know, like talked over the games or like Mm -hmm. created some sort of, I'd pay for, I would legitimately pay for like a multimedia sort of. A lecture series kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I I think play it, dig in. Like I made the joke earlier that like, this is like a first person source for like a historical reason, but it, it, is it really is like this is a piece of history that you get to interact with and uh i think that's pretty cool i think it's uh worth maybe checking out and understanding if this sort of thing sounds interesting to you at all um yeah it's like footnotes it's like if like it's like reading a really good (laughs) it's like reading a really good like short like a journal entry and then Mm -hmm. footnotes from some professor who spent their entire life studying it i don't know it's cool if you're a total weirdo who wants to get into this, you should get into it. <laughs> and if you're not, congratulations. I'm, I'm glad that sports in high school is going so well. <laughs> you have to be All a Jacques right. loser not to love this game. Jacques Luzer. Jacques Luzer. Okay, that was a great episode of the podcast. Alex, I think that we're getting really good at this. I wholeheartedly agree, my friend. Uh, next week, we're joined by Daniel Mullins. He's back uh, on the podcast. He made Hachi, Pony Hachi. Island. He made The Hex. And then, most recently, he made Inscription. And he's just a really nice and great guy uh, that knows a lot about games. And I don't know. I learn a lot when I talk about stuff. Uh, right now, his game Inscription, which we covered on the podcast, um, is doing... A sort of open beta for a, a mod version uh, called Casey's Mod, um, which is the first part of Inscription. Uh, you can play it over and over again, um, like a great. like a roguelike deck yeah. builder. I w- I went in there today and was trying. I tried it out. It's um, still just as much fun as it ever was. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, this game effing rocks. Yeah. Yeah, um, it does. The games we're playing with Daniel are One Shot from the Rich Just Equality Bundle by Future Cat, a role-playing 2D cute meta pixel art single-player story rich game. Uh, Dr. Languslav, the Tiger and the Terribly Cursed Emerald, a whirlwind heist uh, from the Rich Just Equality Bundle by Crows, 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 a 3D atmospheric crime experimental exploration first-person single-player stealth surreal walking simulator, and The Night Journey. <laughs> Also from the Rich Just and Equality bundle. This is a bundle of his classic episode uh, from Game Innovation Lab, an abstract art game, atmospheric black and white experimental exploration, first person minimalist spiritual game. The first Ooh. time we've ever gotten the spiritual tag. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I had some friends over and I, I made them play the Night Journey. And, uh, you know, just that's just sort of how I ha- how I hang. <laughs> What did they think of it? Were they like, this is weird? They had a similar, I think they had a similar reaction that I have which you'll have to listen to next week's episode in order to to hear well uh, like and subscribe to us on apple podcast leave us a review there please on track us on the web at bundle underscore buddies on twitter uh or on yeah at bundle underscore buddies on twitter or www.bundlebuddiespodcast.com eric i love you i love you too alex i'll talk to you next week can't wait bye
Bundle Buddy is produced by Matthew Haddock. Our theme song is Neo Shiki by Roll Music. Email BundleBuddiesPodcast at gmail.com to say hi. Hi.